0: Hello, you're listening to Spirit Life Teachings with T. Jason Price, founder of Power for Freedom Ministries. Check out full sermons, encouraging words, and more on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and website, all linked in our show notes. Now, here's T. Jason Price. And again, T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministries, Spirit Life. Tonight, we're going to talk about a got hurt by a pastor. Now what? I know, what a topic, right? Right and a lot of people have been hurt by pastors. Well, we're going to say it that way for now, but we're going to get into the teach in a minute. Uh, but And so tonight we're going to talk about what do we do, how do we move on. We're going to try to get you at a better place. Amen? So one last time, T. Jason Price, Power for Freedom Ministries. We are doing Spirit Life. We're going to get started here in a minute. Again, if you're on Facebook, like the page, like this post, comment, share it with your friends if you're on YouTube, subscribe to our page, and as always, go to pffministries.org. Everything you need to know about the ministry is right there. And I believe I'm getting the signal, so we're good to start. All right, so I want to open in prayer, and we're going to dive into the Word of God. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your Word. We thank you for your hedge of protection around us. We ask that you would open our ears and open our eyes, that we may hear and see what you're doing, that our spirit would be receptive to what you have for us tonight. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be with everyone who's listening, watching, wherever they are, their homes, that, God, we would get healing tonight. We would get growth. We would get healing. We would move forward in the kingdom, building as only you can build, Father. With your gifting in our life, we owe you everything. We owe you absolutely everything. And we thank you for the privilege, the honor that you called us to work in your kingdom, to be a part of what you're doing. What a privilege it is, God. We thank you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so turn with me to Ephesians chapter four. Very first thing we have to talk about is a pastor because a lot of people have been hurt. Well, and I want to be careful how I say this. A lot of people believe they have been hurt by a pastor. And tonight we're going to talk about, you've been hurt by a pastor, now what? How do we move forward? So first thing we have to do is really make sure it was the actual pastor who hurt you. Now, I will give a disclaimer to this right up front for everyone. You know, this is going to step on toes. If you're a pastor, uh, this is not against you. If you've been hurt by a pastor, this is not against you. This is for everyone to bring us together in unity and peace and healing. So keep that in mind and don't tune out in the middle of it. Listen to the entire teaching, okay? Uh, Because we're going to break this down into three parts. We're going to break it down into what is a pastor to make sure a pastor actually hurt you. Okay, that's really important. We're going to look at your part. It could be you. might not be them. It could be you. I know, right? So, so far, two great topics. And then the third part uh, is we're doing this for God. And you're also, as you're doing this for God, remember, you're in, you're in a human body. I mean, we're, we're in these things. And while we're in them, we have emotions and we have things. So listen to the whole teaching tonight. Don't check out. If you get offended, just listen to the whole thing. So first, let's go to Ephesians 4, verse 11. He gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. And so we know that pastors are biblical, apostles are biblical, prophets are biblical, evangelists and teachers are all biblical, and we know they're from God. So what we have to assume is that, now listen, this is a big assumption that we have to make on our part, is that we have to assume that what we were hurt by has to either be someone that was not really a pastor who was in the position, or assume it was us. Maybe it was us. Maybe there's stuff in us. Because it is impossible. Now hear what I'm saying. It is impossible for God to be the one who designed it and it not work. It's impossible. If God called apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, it's his design, not mine, not yours. We didn't come up with it. Then it is impossible that God made them, to hurt us and to bring us to a place of not following Him, because the verse connected to these verses and the instructions are the equipping of the saints, the building of the body, till we come to become the unity of the faith, the full knowledge of the Son, to a mature person. Right okay? now, if that's God's instruction for these five positions, right, the ascension gifts, fivefold, some call four, but that's what they are, and a pastor is a part of this, so it cannot be. An actual pastor who hurt us in the sense of what we're thinking. Keep that in mind. Very important. What do you say, Jason? Uh, they are pastoring a church, and you know they're the ones calling themselves a pastor. Well, that doesn't mean they're a pastor, and we're going to go over that here in a minute. It could just mean that that's what they're calling themselves, and that's the position that they are in. So turn to me to John chapter 10. I hope you're enjoying it so far, and really get that beginning part, because we can't ever blame God. When it's God's idea or God's design, church is God's design. The fivefold is God's design. It can't be them that's hurting us. That's, God wouldn't make something in His kingdom to hurt us, to destroy us, uh, to push us backwards. Right? Uh, everything God does is for our benefit, for our growth. It's for to you know mature us and get us into the kingdom and building the kingdom while we're here on earth. So turn with me to John chapter ten. We're starting verse eleven. I know you're familiar with 10.10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus came to give life more abundantly. Uh, But tonight we're in chapter 11, John 10.11. Jesus is talking here. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand is not a shepherd. Who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches and scatters them because he's a hired hand. And he's not concerned about the sheep. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So here's a really good example of what a shepherd is, okay? A shepherd is someone who takes care of God's sheep. Now, I'm not calling us sheep, but in a sense, we are a sheep, okay? And so a shepherd's in our life to take and protect us, to guide us and lead us, and that's why we all, myself, everyone, we need a shepherd, a pastor in our life. That's their job. But a hireling is not the same as a shepherd. A shepherd will lay their life down for you. Uh, A shepherd, use the word shepherd here and pastor together, but I like the word shepherd because really if you get an understanding of a shepherd, you can understand a pastor better by understanding the word shepherd because they really are a shepherd to us. They lead us, they guide us, they direct us, they lay their life down for us. So if you are following someone who calls himself a shepherd, so first we're gonna talk about this. And I don't want to cross things off your list because there's also, it could be us. Remember that part. We didn't get there yet. This is the first part. And they're not willing to do what it takes to, to feed the sheep. They're not willing to lay down uh, their own desires and passion. They're not willing to love and to give unconditionally and uh, to lead in a noticeable fivefold gifting, an anointing of shepherding. And what I mean by that, a supernatural ability to love. Uh, and to connect with you and care about you and guard you and guide you. Now, I know what some of you are saying. Yeah, but the way they do it. I know, but a real shepherd, if a sheep keep wandering off, now I'm not saying God's commanding this, but they would break his leg because they know it'd be better for it to be wounded and carry him with them than it would be to run astray. Why? Because the wolf will eat it. It'll eat it. Like, literally, you're gone. There's no more sheep. It's someone's dinner, right? And so a real shepherd is going to care about you And tell you the truth. And this is where some people say, well, I got hurt. Well, this is not being hurt by a shepherd. This is not wanting to receive truth. Hold on. We're going to get to that. But this is not a shepherd hurting people. This is a shepherd being a shepherd. When the Lord guides that shepherd to lead us to green grass or to a different brook to drink from, uh, and we want to go left and they're saying go right, and you feel that yanking, 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 that's not being hurt. Being corrected, being rebuked, being guided, instructed, submitting, having honor, that's not being hurt. They are what we do for a shepherd. We submit to their authority that God has given them and we get directed by them, and we will have a blessing in our life and we will have the benefit of that in our life. If we're firing a hireling, they will actually hurt you because they won't protect you from the sheep and they'll do their own agenda because they're after money or fame or whatever. And listen, it's more than just loving people because loving people is what all Christians should do. It is an anointing from God to be a shepherd. And the real common, easy way to see the difference in this is the person's agenda. Are they for God or are they for themselves? It's really, I know it sounds like Jason, that's so simple, but really if is it for God or are they doing it for themselves? And that's really something you can look at. You gotta understand that not everyone who we call pastor should be a pastor. Because some people just have charisma. And it got up in front of people. You want to look for some really key things. One, like I said earlier, they're doing it for God. But another couple of things, just going to throw some out here. You can look in Timothy and Titus, find a whole list of great biblical requirements, but I'm going to give you some practical ones uh, because we want spirit life to be practical. We want to not drown you in all the deepness of God and the truth and the Greek and the Hebrew. We want you to have practical tools of understanding this. Okay. And so one thing you want to look for is who else calls them pastor? What do I mean by that? What recognized ministries call them a pastor? Uh, who are they with? You know, who are they connected to? You know, you, you, anyone can get a license; you can carry it, and no one's really interested in what's in your wallet or your pocket per se. As far as a license, what we're interested in is—is is there a calling on your life? Is now the state's interested in your license? But the church—we should be interested in—are you actually called by God? You know, and people say, "Well, it's not important to be connected to anyone." Well, absolutely, it is there's genealogy in your bible of jesus showing where he came from if it wasn't important to show who you're connected to and where you come from there would be no reason for jesus to put that in scripture and yet we have it very clear in scripture showing where they come from you want to make sure that someone's credentials now listen to this: someone's credentials are of god they're not of man there's other men and women who uh, recognize it spiritual mature leaders who recognize it and would say that is a pastor That is a actual shepherd. And listen, I know quite a few of real pastors and I'm meeting more and more every day. They're amazing, amazing. They will shepherd you and guide you. And yes, if need be, they might yank you left and right when you need it. But these are great, great, great shepherds and leaders. Uh, And if you need help finding one in your area, get a hold of us uh, and we'll help you. But I'm, I'm telling you ahead of time, they are shepherds. They will stop the wolf from coming after you. They'll stop your life from being devoured. And you gotta look at your life. And you look at your life and say, well, am I going the right direction or not? Well, that's a lot of how you're being led. Hirelings will just get up there and anyone, anyone who says that they're a pastor, they'll take it. They're doing it for them. They skip the process. They don't go through the process. They won't won't go through the process. Uh, They won't submit to anyone. They won't take input from anyone. They don't want to and they don't need to because they're a hireling. We just basically hire them to watch you. But when push comes to shove, when the enemy comes to your house at night or attacking your children, they're not gonna help you because that's above and beyond the pay. Does that make sense? It's above and beyond the job description. Whereas in a shepherd, you're not gonna get in that position if you follow them because they're gonna keep you you know, out of that situation. So wrap this up before we move on. Most people have not been hurt by an actual shepherd very 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 few cases actually has been a shepherd most people are hurt by a hireling or someone who's claiming the position the title without any validation uh, without any actual you know rights to it unfortunately there is no way to prove if someone is called or not called without the gifting of god without discernment without the you know others in our life the mature others that we would judge and Look, I'm not judging the judge. I'm judging for the gift of God. There's a difference because who you let lead you spiritually, you really want to make sure is of God. Do your homework, people. You know, look these people up. Ask people who know them. I don't know if I'd ask for a reference, but I mean, like, find out what other church leaders and ministry leaders would actually say they are a pastor or in that matter, apostle, evangelist, prophet, well, you know, any of it. Like, just don't take a YouTube video. Don't take. Uh, you know, for Facebook videos, stuff we're doing, podcasts. Don't just take it as, well, if they're on there, they have. Well, I mean, you know, this is a room in a house and you can get cameras and lights. I mean, anyone can do this. It doesn't mean you have a call in your life. It just means that you know how to do all this. And I'm blessed with having people that know how to help me. Uh, But I'm also very blessed of having men and women in my life that are called in ministry, have established ministries, uh, would validate and would give the, yes, God has ordained him. Uh, And so... That's what you want to look for. Now, I'm not a pastor. I operate more in the gift of profit, but it doesn't matter which one the five. It's got to be God, period. Are there false prophets? Absolutely. There's false apostles and false pastors and false a lot of things. Most of you are hurt by people in a position that shouldn't have been there. In other words, they're there because they have charisma or they just did on their own, and we need to do our homework. Don't let anyone speak into your life. I have a friend of mine, uh, Denny, he would always say, listen, make sure they got the goods. I know it's a <laughs> crude way of saying it, but make sure they got the goods. Make sure these people are called. They have something. Anyone can open the Bible and read it, all right? Anyone can preach to a degree, but there should be an anointing, an authority, a boldness, a evidence of a calling along with that gifting in their life that is obvious to everyone, all right? shouldn't be, let's try to find out if they are. You should never have to toddle yourself in ministry. People will call you what God reveals to them you are. Your gift will go in front of you. I don't want to get into this whole teaching on this. But anyway, just rest assured, most of you were not hurt by a pastor. Okay, You were hurt by a hireling. If you were hurt by a pastor, we want to move on to number two. And number two, written down here, is it them or you? I right, went three points of Rome down, I never ending down, but I want to make sure you get this tonight, right? Was it really a pastor? Is it you? Because you got to ask that question. And thirdly, right? We're doing this for God, but you're also in a human body. That makes it difficult. So we're on number two now. So turn with me to Psalms 139. All right. I hope you're enjoying it. Still with me, still having fun. I know, right? You want me to hear more bashing of uh, the called and pastors. Well, I'm not doing that because God has called. These things to be for the equipping of the church, these callings, right? You shouldn't have said things, these callings. It can't be God then. It cannot be God who designed it being the issue. Are you following me? Can't be. If God is the originator of it, like church, then it cannot be the problem as God. It's got to be us. We've messed it up somewhere. And so we never change the word of God. We never get angry at God. We find ourselves and say, what do we, what do we need to do? And that's why when he turned me to Psalms 139. Uh, Verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. And so uh, I want to change this Bible version real quick to the NLT, and I'm just doing it for sake of just a little bit different. So you can hear a different translation. Search me, O God, know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So if God has a pastor over your life who's doing his job, then they're gonna point out the things in your life that you need to work on. Well, yeah, it sounds like it's about you. It's supposed to be about you. That's why you have a pastor. They're helping you get rid of the things in your life. Don't get mad at them, because it's not of their own they know this. God is showing them. So really the ultimate and don't, but the ultimate person that you would be upset with. Is God, because God is revealing this to his shepherds to shepherd his sheep, which is us. Follow this for a minute. God puts a shepherd in your life. You're the sheep to guide you. The shepherd is pushing on things that's in your heart or things that are need to get worked out. It's a blessing. It means they're really called of God. It means they really hear God. I want you to hear that again. It is a blessing when a pastor actually calls out the stuff in your life. It means they're a good shepherd. They hear from God. It does not mean they're mad at you or hate you or get angry with them. It's absolutely the opposite. It's you should be on your knees praising God, thanking God that there's a a shepherd in your life that loves you, that's hearing from God and directing you. Say, well, it hurt me. Well, it's probably because you have things in your life you you haven't dealt with. It's got triggers or hurts or deep woundedness. Listen, if you have a problem with authority, if you have a, a father figure uh, problem in your life, we call it dad issues. I don't like that word, but more of an authoritative father figure issue. Pastors are going to trigger that in you, and I hate that word trigger, but they're going to remind you that constantly because they're in that position of authority over your life. It's not their fault that God has given them that. It's we need to grow and mature. Okay. Now, if it was a hireling, yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna just take advantage of you, they're gonna use you, they're gonna they're gonna exploit you for your gifting and what you can do. They're just you're gonna feel like you're not worth anything. Like they, all they care about is your money and get what they can get from you. Now, a shepherd will, listen, they'll want to help search your heart. And when God shows them, they're going to want to lead you in that. And it's not pleasant for most people. A hireling will then kind of do the opposite as well. Make you feel great. Make you feel wonderful. Make you feel like there's nothing wrong. Oh, they're so kind to me. They love me. Well, excuse me. They never uh, complain or say anything negative about me ever. Oh, yeah, because they want you to leave. They they want you to keep your money coming in, right? That was horrible. But sadly, it's the truth. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. Okay, We want to make sure that we, we stick biblically. So, verse 12, So as to those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against you, Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. So when someone has a complaint against us, we should forgive them as God has forgiven us. You have to forgive these people that hurt you. Well, what if they're completely wrong? You have to forgive these people that hurt you. Uh, What if they're 100% wrong? You have to forgive these people that hurt you. What if you don't know how to forgive them? You got to give it to God. You just got to give it to God and say, God, I don't know how to get over this. Were they right? Do I have bitterness in me? Do I have pride in me? Do I have, listen, here's the thing that you can always really find if it's God or if it's not God, right? Now, this might be too deep to put out there, but you know what? We're going to go for it. We're going to put it out there. If a shepherd tells you that you have an issue and everyone else that you talk to, okay, in your life would say, you, yeah, that sounds like you. What I mean by who else you would talk to, everyone else in ministry, your your people you do ministry with would say the same thing. You know what? It's probably true then. It's probably true. And if outside of ministry, your earthly friends, I hate calling them earthly, worldly friends, don't think you have that issue, well, let's do the math here. The world says you don't have it. The church says you have it. Right? I know not if you can see my face expression, but... Um, that's pretty, pretty simple math, right? The world isn't going to see it because the world's full of all the things the church is not full of supposed to be. We're not supposed to be of the world. We're supposed to be not of the world. So when the world says, Oh, I don't see that in you, that's not a great sign. That's a really bad sign. If the world's like, yeah, I don't see it at all. That's a bad sign. That means you are hanging out with people who are just like you in that sense. Not good. You go to church and people are like, oh, I can see it clear as day. You're like, oh, you guys are all wrong. That's the truth. That's how God is showing people who love you and care about you. We've got to forgive pastors who were bold enough to speak in our life. We also have to forgive the hirelings who just abuse us and hurt us, right? Turn with me. Uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter five. All right. So with me, Matthew chapter five, verse four. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I know a lot of you have heard this, and that word blessed is like, well, it seems a little weird to be blessed when you're mourning. But we're supposed to be blessed when we're mourning sin, or when we've had great loss in our life, when there's a deficit, like something was taken from us. It's normal to mourn when you get hurt. You're human. we got to talk about the human part of all this. Don't hold it in. You'll get bitter, and you'll, you'll have issues with every pastor you'll ever meet. You know the old saying, someone moves into a neighborhood and they say, how are the neighbors where you came from? Right? And they say, oh, they were great. And the person says, well, so are the neighbors here. And someone else will move into a neighborhood and they'll say, hey, how are the neighbors where you came from? And they'll say, oh, they were all mean, this and that. And they say, well, they'll probably be this way here. We have a big part in this. We carry things. We carry such deep things. Oh, I wish we had time to get into all them. But we carry things and we project them. Go ahead and mourn. Go ahead and be sad. Go ahead and cry. Go ahead and let it out. Uh, go ahead and... Go through the process of man. I thought God called me to that place forever, and I found that I'm not going to be there. Work it out. Leave on good terms if you can. If the person rejects it, there's nothing you can do. But don't live your life carrying something. We want to forgive each other. We want to give no foot for the enemy in our life, and we want to we want to be blessed in our mourning. We want to have the power of God in our sadness. I know it sounds strange, but if you give it to God, He can heal those wounds. Now. If it's someone uh, who has been in ministry like a hireling, like we talked about earlier, you know, it's going to be harder because they're wrong. And, you know, church don't like to use this words very often, but there is a right and there is a wrong. And sometimes people are just wrong. They're wrong. There's no other way to say it. They shouldn't have said that. They shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have. Whatever. But there's not enough apologies from every other person in ministry to make up for that. It's a decision you have to make. It's a decision you're going to have to make. But I, I want to tell you something. Be smarter this time around. Amen? Be smarter. Don't just blindly follow YouTube and Facebook and uh, I don't know all the other stuff out there, but, you know, make sure the person's actually called of God. You'll see the characteristics. You'll see the, the nature. You'll see all the stuff of God in Jesus Christ. You'll see working through that person. That's what you want to have. Turns me to 2 Corinthians, back there to verse chapter 1, verse 3. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts all of us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort in which we ourselves are comforted by God. I mean, this is not Christianity 101, but this is, this is what we're supposed to do. For just as the suffering of Christ as ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundance through Christ. But if we are afflicted, Is for comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort. Which is effective in a patient enduring of the same sufferings, we also suffer. And our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that you as sharers of our suffering, so also you are sharers of our comfort. People, we have to comfort each other. We've got to learn how to let God through Jesus comfort us. We've got to understand you're going to get hurt. We're dealing with people. People hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to understand, ministry is not an easy thing. God, check your heart. If you had a great pastor in your life, I want you to go back tonight. I don't want you to say you're sorry, but I want you to go back, and I want you to make amends with that person. Maybe God's called you on, but make amends. Don't carry it. Don't give the enemy a foothold. Don't carry it. Well, Jason, I think they're hiring. Get counsel. Find out if it is dust. The dust off your feet and move on. Just move on. Don't carry it, mourn it, grieve it. Find comfort in Christ. Move on. Okay. And so I want to I want to get you to Galatians here. All right, uh, and we want to get to Galatians six. It's really important because God's not mocked. Oh, I know. Right? That's what you're gonna hear. Galatians six seven. God is. Do not be deceived. God's not mocked. For whatever man sows this he will reap. We don't have to worry about it. God's got everything covered for us. Don't worry about revenge. Don't get mad. This isn't a verse to say, oh, I want God to get him. No, I'm just telling you, we all only answer for what we do. For the one who sows in the flesh from the flesh, reap corruption. The one who sows in the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. I want you to be reaping eternal life. I don't want you to get all bitter and upset and angry and mad. People reap what they sow. Let God work it out. You make sure you live the way you want to live for God, regardless of what other people do. I want you to hear that. You live for God the way you want to live for God, regardless of what other people do. Don't let them drag you down. Well, so-and-so hurt me. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but don't listen to that gossip and that junk. You live your life the way you want to live it as a Christian man or woman, and you let God work through people like he did in your life, okay? And if it's a hireling, same thing. Let God Deal with them. Are you listening to me? Let God deal with them. So then, listen. Verse 9. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we will reap. We will reap if we do not grow weary. We do not want to grow weary. If we grow weary, we will eventually get tired and we'll get burned out. And what happens is horribleness it's not even a word but you know what i mean it's just horrible you're gonna get burned out you're gonna get upset get bitter get jaded get mad and you won't want to do church anymore you won't want to go to church anymore you won't want to do any of this stuff anymore and everyone will be bad and you'll get a victim mentality i'm not saying this is everyone but for most part and next thing you know you'll just want to quit well i don't want you to quit and i don't want you to give up because again this is god's design this is god's design go with me to colossians chapter three all right Verse 23, whatever you do, do your work heartily, for as the Lord rather than for men. Do as for God, okay? Knowing that from the Lord you receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. We are serving God. This is all for Jesus, not for each other. We are working for Jesus in helping, in ministering to each other. But we're not working for each other. We're working for Jesus Christ. Do everything you do as do unto him, as do unto God. You're not going to church to make someone's attendance better. You're going there because God told us not to neglect the assembly of the believers, to get together, to love one another, to be the body of Christ, to be the arms, and legs, of, you know, the body. We're doing this because we believe in God, because we believe in who Jesus is. We believe in a church. We believe in the Antioch model. We believe in a fivefold. We believe in a gifts. We believe that people need what God has gifted through us. They don't need us. They need a gifting. And we believe that people have giftings that we need. We don't, Necessarily need those people. We need the giftings from God. We're carriers of the anointing, the gifting of God. This is important, people, because I believe what's going to happen and already is beginning to happen is two things are going to sweep over the church. One is a loss of reverence and honor and for God. And you'll say, well, that's always been there, but hear me out for a minute. It's this losing of this reverence, this submission, this honor that we're losing for shepherds. We need to be shepherds. We need to have shepherds. We are either the generation, I believe, that's raising a generation, I'll see the coming of the Lord. I believe it. I believe it's that close. I can't tell you that God told me. I'm not saying all that. It's just what I believe. We are in a fatherless, shepherdless generation. We have a whole generation that has no idea how to submit. They don't like the word honor. They don't like having someone you know, over them, authority. They are lost. They need spiritual shepherds. They need real shepherds, spiritual shepherds, fathers in their life. We are at a point where the enemy is ramping it up against the church to get away from shepherds. Now, why? Why? Because now, apparently, the big cool thing is everyone's an apostle, everyone's a prophet. I believe we're going to come into a season of the most false prophets, the most anti words, and are not from God, the most manly, fork tongue, build up people, destroy the kingdom of God, hidden inside angels of lights, vessels that you would think. If you're not careful with discernment, are great. And we've got to get our discernment on and watch for these things coming. Why would there be such an attack over shepherds and over our generation that we're in? It's strategic. The enemy knows, well, he's trying to win, but he knows what he's doing in this particular attack. Every generation has an attack. Every generation goes through something that tries to kick off what's coming next, you know, to kind of ruin it. The enemy always tries to knock out the youth, the the birth of Moses, Jesus, in the infant stages where all this stuff is destroyed. Our children in this nation aren't under this amount of stress and confusion for no reason. There's a reason behind it. It is a reason of anti-authority, anti-shepherding. I can do it alone. I know best. I don't need anyone. And anyone says anything I don't like, they're bad. Well, it doesn't mean they're bad. It could mean they're truthful, that God's leading them and helping them. Why is this important for other giftings? Well, because we work in churches. I go places and speak. A lot of places I go are churches led by great pastors. If you have a problem with pastors, if you start to get a warped view of pastors, you're gonna start connecting those dots to everybody. And we can't. We can't let a, you know, I don't hate say a couple bad apples spoil the bunch, but you know what I mean. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. In other words, we've got to make sure that we're not carrying offenses, that we're not carrying these things, that we are really kingdom minded, focused on God. We gotta stay focused on God. I know. People have been hurt. I've been hurt in my life, and sometimes it was a hireling, and sometimes Jason just didn't want to hear what God was trying to get me to move in my life. And it took, it took maturity. It always takes maturity to hear negative things or or non-positive, flattering things about yourself. But I wouldn't be able to minister in a prophetic realm. I wouldn't be able to uh, enter into that place with God and that anointing. I wouldn't be able to work with these men and women in leadership in different places if God wouldn't have healed those things in my heart. You say, well, I'm not doing that now. Well, I wasn't doing it either when I first started and got hurt and didn't understand all this. So we have to learn this because this is a principle you're going to carry through your entire Christian walk. Whether someday you are a pastor or someday you're someone in ministry who's operating a different gifting, or if you're just a person that is experiencing it right now, we want to make sure that you understand there are real pastors out there and probably what hurt you was they said the things that you didn't want to hear. They're hirelings, and the reason they hurt you is because they're not of God. Check your heart. Learn how to forgive. Learn how to move on. I didn't say push it down. I said learn how to forgive. Let that stuff out. And then there's also, we're doing this for God. Keep that in mind. We're doing this for God. You're not going to change the world. You can change what God puts in your sphere of authority into your realm of where you have influence. Focus on that. Don't get discouraged by everything. Don't get burned out doing good. Don't throw your hands in here and say, I'm done. Just use some discernment, use some Holy Spirit common sense, I like to call it, and keep pursuing God. You have a prophetic gift in your life, keep pursuing God. But you're going to work with pastors because God's used you into the body, the church. If you're an evangelist, you're going to work with pastors. God used you in the church. If you're a teacher, you're going to work with pastors. If you're an apostle, you're going to work with pastors. If you're a pastor, you're going to work with pastors. So we need to learn to get along. And I want to make sure that you don't live your whole life hurt or disappointed or upset or bitter by the realities of these two very, very I don't know what the word is hard to hear, but just actual truths. One, there's a real spiritual war going on since the Garden. We're born into it, and we're in the fight. You're a Christian today; you're in the fight. Of course, the enemy's going to try to use people in your life in ministry people who speak into your life to get offended. Why not? Why would he want you to have good relationships with other strong believers? That's going to make you strong. Of course, he'd want to dissolve those relationships. And two, humanity. We, no matter how spiritual we are, we are stuck in these bodies. And these bodies get angry, they get bitter, they get mad, they get jealous, they get all kinds of things. But remember this, though. It's also in that supernatural place of warfare where your anointing and your gifting thrives and is manifested in power and greatness in the kingdom of God is built and pushed forward. And it's also in this humanity, in these vessels where that gifting also has to come through, whether it's through your voice, through prophetic words or apostolic words or teaching or singing or prophesying or evangelism. It all happens in these two true realms of existence, the supernatural spiritual realm and the physical earthly human realm. We operate out of this one until the Lord gives us new bodies when he takes us home. And we're in this battle because this is what's been going on since time began, as far as we know it, in Genesis, and even when Satan was thrown out of heaven. We are the army of God. So don't be surprised if everywhere you go to church, a pastor or you know a shepherd says the same thing to you, you're like, ah, it's not me, and you get your feathers up in a rough, it's probably God trying to talk to you. Go get counsel, take it to other seasoned men and women. I said seasoned, not rookies, not... Uh, people who have Facebook channels. You know what I mean by rookie, not someone who just started. The Bible says don't put a novice in office. I could say novice, rookie, same thing, but don't go to someone who's bitter and angry and is just them and God. Find someone that's submitting to God and going through the biblical truths like Scripture says, and you will find your answer rather quickly. They'll say, yes, that's of God, or no, that's not of God. But you know, we know who to go to to get the answers we want sometimes, don't we? So you're going to have to use maturity to really say, I want to get over this and not live my life hurt. So I hope that helped you. If you have any questions, just reach out to the ministry. You can get us here on Facebook. You can get us on the YouTube channel. You can go to our website. There's so many ways. You can email us. You can text us. You can call us. There's so many ways to get a hold of us. We want to help you. If you're looking for a church in your area, uh, we'll find you one. We have a lot of friends, great pastors, great shepherds out there uh, that'll guide and steer you and direct you. And I would encourage you to pray for pastors Pray for apostles and prophets, evangelists and teachers because they're going through a hard time. I believe they always are, but we're going through a hard time, especially in this nation uh, with this rebellion that's coming upon it. And everybody with a YouTube channel and Facebook channels, just, you know, they can make and just wreak havoc on such good foundations and just lay down things that people who are wounded and hurt just start to follow because they don't want to go or hear the process of restoration of hearing and understanding, hey, there's some things in my life I got to change. And I know this was not always the easiest message to hear. And I'm sure that most of us just want to blame the pastor or blame or say he was a hireling. But listen, I want to tell you, God uses a donkey. God can use all kinds of things. Can God use a hireling to say what needs to be said to Listen, I believe God can talk through a burning bush. God can move a sea. God can use plagues. God can use wind and earthquakes and fires and donkeys And access can float. And he can bring sheets down to heaven in visions. And he can knock people on the ground. God can have angels take off prison doors, loosen the chains, set people free. He can do anything. He's God. So if it hit your heart, I'm not saying the vessel was good. But if it hit your heart and you know tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this, man, there's some things in me I need to get rid of. I want you to pray tonight, right now. I want you to get rid of those things. If you've had a real shepherd in your life, that loved you and cared about you and spoke into your life, and others agreed with that speaking into your life, and you decide to go a different direction and believe that uh, they're all wrong and you're right, I want you to have maturity tonight, and I want you to pray, and I want you to do it tonight. I don't want you to wait till tomorrow. Don't give the enemy another night of your life. I want you to pray tonight and break that wicked thing off your life. And I want you to go tomorrow, and I want you to make things right. It doesn't, I'm not saying you need to go back there. I'm not saying to join. I'm just saying you make it right. and You don't let this stuff linger over you. And you've already gone through all that. Then mourn it and grieve it and let it go. Don't go dig it up. You know, a counselor one time, uh, a Christian friend was telling me, he said, you can't prevent a car accident. You know, they happen, but you don't have to go sit in the wreck every day. You understand what I mean by that? You don't have to go sit in that wreck every day. So I want you to use your gifts. I want you to live in the supernatural. I want you to be powerful. I want you to have anointing in your life. I want you to use it. And these are the kind of things that'll drag you down because when you start believing that what God designed is the issue sooner or later, you will start connecting that God is the issue. Cause after all, God can do anything. It's a good teaching. We should talk about that tomorrow night. So TJ some price power for freedom ministries like comment, subscribe, share. I want to pray with you. Uh, and then we'll wrap this up. We'll be, uh, in man on Windsor on Thursday, Mannheim on Friday and back in Windsor on Sunday. So there's lots of places for you to join us in person and all again always at streamed. Thank you for support, donations, all that great stuff. We love you. Couldn't do it without you. Let me pray with you. And I believe tonight that some of you are going to get free and break this stuff off your life. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for tonight. We pray you would break these things off their life. Anyone who's struggling with these hurts or pains or disappointment that you would help them learn to mourn and grieve, just get rid of stuff, that they know they're doing this for you, Father. They're doing this for you. That we're building a kingdom for you. We're doing all this for you. We pray tonight that enemy would have no hold on anyone that would be broken off their life, that would break off their life tonight. That connection would break off their life tonight. And if it was a pastor who spoke those words, that, Father, they would be able to hear it tonight. If it was a shepherd, if it was apostle, prophet, evangelist, whoever, Father, they would hear it. And he would let those words sink in tonight and not let that bitterness and pride overcome what you're doing in their life. Father, if it was a hireling, if it was someone who shouldn't have been in that position, Father, we ask that you break that connection. You actually break, break, break physically, break spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. Break that connection off their life. That there's absolutely no trace of it. No connection, no tie to their family or who they are that they are free and clear tonight. In Jesus' name, we just command that thing to be broken off their life. So you go ahead and you take a nice deep breath and relax. God broke that off your life tonight. And Father, let none of us grow weary in doing good. And let none of us grow weary in building your kingdom. May we all learn to live in these bodies in the natural while we operate in the supernatural, building your kingdom. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Again, T. Jason Price, for Freedom Ministries. Like, subscribe, comment, share, go to the website. You can partner with us there. You can give to us uh, if you want to support the ministry with prayer, with financial support. We thank you very much. Uh, And again, check out the website to know where we're going to be. God bless. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode of PFFM Spirit Life Teachings. If you have any questions or comments, need prayer, or just want to reach out, Please call or text 717-537-PFFM or email us at info at God bless.